Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Goalie Science, the podcast that bridges the gap between goal setting, science, and peak performance. I'm your host, Jamie Phillips, a former professional goalie, currently pursuing a doctorate in physical therapy and specializing in goalie performance coaching. Joining me as always is Dr. Ben Cernick, a seasoned goalie coach and sports analytics specialist. Whether you find yourself at home, on the road, or at the rink, grab a cup of your favorite beverage and let's drop the puck on this week's episode. Jamie, you bullied me into buying the webcam. How do you feel? Uh... I, I actually don't feel good because I was hoping that you were going to buy a phone and do it the way that I, I wanted us to do it, uh, the professional way. And you didn't do that. You made it way more complicated. Uh, so essentially, listeners or viewers, depending on where you are, try to get more viewers uh, just to be able to use this, the YouTube algorithm. I was hoping to have like multi-camera edits, kind of like a real official podcast even though we are virtual most of the time, so it makes it difficult. But Ben decided a webcam that only does 1080p and not 4K was a good idea. Although he has a good he has a good background now, and it's better than mine. Although I now have internet that works, and I have this mini office. It's too bad we're recording this at night because there is a lot of good natural light, and I'm working on getting a cool uh, like background and backdrop. So it's in the works. It takes time. Uh, slowly but surely, there's a busy weekend. I'm moving into apartment. Uh, I built my dad came and oh. I know. And so my dad said he is willing to come on the podcast as long as there's no video. Wow. Video so, freak from Rob. So Christmas uh, in Hamilton, maybe get Bouge on too. Uh, right. Maybe do like a couple part series. Cause for the, uh, for those listening, my dad, I think is a, my dad is a, like was a teacher. He's retired now. Uh, teacher coached a long time, high level athletes as well. And in, in kayaking. Um, and when it comes to being a goalie dad, he made a lot of mistakes, <laughs> which is really what any admits it. He made a ton of mistakes, but those are really good lessons that he has a ton of good knowledge to pass on other parents. And he does. 
but he just doesn't, you know, he doesn't go to the rings anymore. Like I'm not there. So he actually came to watch me coach on Saturday. And that was, yeah, they said that was like the first time he's been in a rink in like years. And he, I don't know. He, he loved it. Cause you go, you know, I mean, like you go from going to a rink every single day and all of a sudden, you know, you move away to billet and stuff and no, you no longer in a rink. Yeah. Wow. That five folds up the heartstrings. It does. You know what? Really, it really does. So it's good to see my dad. We, he helped us move kids a truck. So that was big time. <laughs> so like, because going in, we had to get like a massive dining room table that was like Facebook marketplace. That was the only one we could afford, but it was like so big. No wonder they're getting rid of it. Like we don't have any friends. Like who's coming over to eat? And it just like, we have the smallest winding staircase to do stuff. There was just a nightmare, but we did it. I survived. Um, coaching a lot and like I, I talked to Ben at the pre-show uh, I realized how much I actually like work and it didn't yeah, kind of it, it actually kind of made me a little sick to my stomach because um, mm -hmm. I, I didn't like I never wanted to admit that it was a lot and then one I was talking to a, one of the parents of my bullies he's like yeah like actually everyone we all like everyone kind of talks about how much you work I was like yeah and I, I was like excuse me so I was like I haven't talked I, I don't really talk to this parent like that much and I was like oh and then it kind of hit me and I was like, oh no, that's like, I'm really stressed out. <laughs> so I went, so I went and booked three, three more sessions. So. Yeah. So what, what they said was, uh, the bag on your eyes, you look terrible is what they said. Yeah. I looked you dead in the eyes and said, you look all. I'm actually, I'm drinking wine for those that are watching on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, very wow. good. Show note, Bonobo Winery. They don't sponsor us, but they're Central Michigan alumni. And oh. I am also almost a Central Michigan alumni. Uh, and they make very good wine. Go Chippewa. Buyer up chips, man. Uh, yeah. So out of Traverse City, Michigan. So I'm a big Michigan guy now. And that's talking local tourism with Jamie Phil. All right, Jamie. <laughs> what are we talking about? Uh, drill design. Oh. Drill design. Uh, so this was like one that popped into my head today. And usually Ben's the idea guy when it comes to topics. But um, I was cruising through Instagram and I saw some drills. And I had a link on that website. No, and I, I, I actually don't really do go on Instagram that much anymore because I just go on TikTok and then I kind of like search something like home design. So completely <laughs> unrelated to hockey. And then I just get mostly home design. But I was scrolling through I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw some drills and I did not like them. And that's okay. It's okay. I'm sure most people, like a lot of people like look at my drills and they probably don't like them. But the thing that I didn't like was it, there, it didn't, to me, there didn't seem like there was a method to the madness. And mm -hmm. there, when I come up with drills or when I come up and do anything, there has to be a purpose. It goes back to similar to what we talked about last week, where, you know, if the goal is struggling, making saves to their glove and your solution is just shoot more pucks at their glove. It's usually it's not the right solution. Just like if your goal is struggling to make backdoor saves, well, what are you going to do about it? Is just make well, just have a lot of backdoor saves where they know it's going backdoor. Well, no, mm -hmm. you don't. They don't. You have to figure out why are they struggling with this back backdoor save. Is it their depth? Is it their positioning? Is it their ability to read the play? Are they too wide? Are they too net? There's a there's just the list goes on and on. And so. I was watching these drills and I it was one of those ones and it was like, you know, they make a save low club and then immediately there's like a back back blocker, like a backside blocker push. And I'm like, well, that's hers. I'm like, that's not how it happens. 
like that you would never do that. So you're, you're actually just trading bad habits and I'll finish off my, my, my usual rant here, um, to start the podcast episode is I've been getting a lot of newer goalies to trade and it's nuts, but they're all in this drill mindset where it's, yeah. they just, they make, they, they, I set up my drills purposely and I say, these are two separate shots. Make your save, follow your rebound, reset, then we do the next shot. Cause I want to work on multiple things, but I don't want them hyper-focused on the next shot. And it's just like, they're, they're getting up before they're making their save or they're not following their rebounds or their eyes aren't tracking. And it, and so it's just reiterating that like, yeah, I get it's goalie skate. There's no, there's no clock. There's no scoreboard, you know, and I know it's a drill, but you have to treat it seriously. In a game, there's only one puck. If I want there to be a second shot that comes quick or a shot that leads into another shot, I will set up the drill that way because I want to do that. But just so trying to break these habits, because I've seen it creep into some of their games. And I watched one of my younger goalies today. I watched her play and we've been working on breaking this out of her, of her game, but she was just like getting up immediately. And I mean, I like, we got to go back to the drawing board, keep working on it. Yeah. I mean, I think there's like a first, like an important thing to preface for, for both of us is that I think we're both guilty of sometimes using drills that aren't the best. And I think any goalie coaches like had sessions where, you know, you're, you're doing your best in that moment, but you know, we're not always perfect either. Uh, and you and I are definitely trying to acknowledge that we are not always definitely not perfect. So, but yeah, there's like a few things that I think are really important. So like, this is the goalie side podcast. Um, so Jimmy brought the rant and I brought this fence. Uh, and I think we're saying we're going to pull from the, the field of skill acquisition. So this is a little bit of what I spend my time doing when I'm not coding. Is this type of research. Uh, but then we're going to be taking some notes from a couple of presentations from someone we're hoping now in the podcast uh, named Dr. Rob Gregg, who's a skill acquisition expert uh, at Arizona State University. But there's a few things that are really important with drill design and what goes into it. And so like what makes a drill bad, what makes a drill good, what makes an exercise good or bad. And there's lots of different things and it's not cut and dry, right? It's not mm -hmm. good or bad, right? It's like all things that's on a, a floating spectrum, right? Uh, but there's four things. If we look at something called like an ecological approach. So we look at what's called representative learning design. So like how do we build drills or how do we build learning environments that most closely represent and, and allow for the better transfer of, of learning new skills as a goalie. There's four things. One is the information um, adequate. So if we're doing a drill, is the very information, right? You have six pucks set up. Uh, that's not the right amount of information, right? Like that's an example of that's not the adequate um, information. Another example is like, do you start the, your drills in the same spot every single time? That's a big one that goalie coaches were guilty of all the time. Right, like the shooter starts in the same spot, the goalie starts in the same spot, there's no variable. That's like that one. Um, a couple other things you need to have in drills, something called action fidelity. What that basically means is that like the movements you're doing as a goalie are are what you would actually do in the game. So Jamie, in your earlier example, where it's a low glove save into a back or block, those are movements you would do as a goalie, but those are not sequenced in a way um, that you would do in the game. So that's running that would maybe not quite pass. Uh, the action fidelity thing. We'll put an asterisk beside that because sometimes there are the parent places to do things that are up. Let's just make sure you're not using those as like a, you should be practicing like this thing. Yeah. 
Um, and then the last one, because there's really two more, but the last one's on potions, and like you're not going to create a room, ring of folk yelling at you, so good luck with that. Um, but the third one, the most important thing, this is the number one thing that gets stressed, and it's the most important based on the literature, based on the experts in this field, and based on what I can see coach the player too, is that you need drill design that forces Colby's to make decisions. And like, yeah. and we're going to talk about that one a lot. I think one of the biggest problems, and I think maybe this will throw this one back again, the biggest problem I see in team practice, whether that's, you know, just forwards, deep goalie, all involved, or just goalie practice, is this thing of a linearity where it's like you're going to go here, then 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 here, or you're going to pass to this person, you're going to pass to this person, you're going to pass to this person. And you are telling people the decision they're making instead of letting them feel the indecision themselves. And I want to talk about that in order. I'm going to throw that all over to you and see what you have to say. Yeah, absolutely. We've talked about this before. And I think when Derek Bujan, a Bujan goaltending came on, he had talked about this as well and how he's implementing, you know, reading options and decision-making earlier, earlier the season. And I, I agree. I think about, I would say about 98% of the time, I don't tell, it's a shot score yep. or it's, or there's an option which like you can shoot or you can pass. Now, sometimes, or you can, yeah, sometimes do I whisper to the players like, hey, I want you to shoot block. Or, yeah, like I, I do, but I want to make sure the goalies don't hear that. Uh, sure. And then I also tweak, like, I, I guess like a guy, when, I never write drills down. Like I don't, I've actually started to make notes of some of my past drills so I can give it to other goalies. But when I want to work on something, I, I can think of it on the spot. I guess like it's kind of like, I, I think I'm pretty decent at that. Like I can't freestyle rap, that's for sure. Like definitely <laughs> freestyle create drills. And I hope. um and so like I, I, I'm able to create a drill that gets everything that I want it to get. And I can influence the players' positions and where is the net going to be open and around the strengths and weaknesses of my goalies so that I the the, the drill runs the way I want. As long as my shooters are on their own page, and sometimes you just deal with shooters and they're all on their own page, and they're not, you know, what I do is I step in and I take over the drill. But there, that's pro that is easily the biggest challenge, especially when it comes to like, you know, we talk about this like tryouts and recruiting. Like when you watch tryouts, it's there are very good practice goalies, and then those sunglasses the practice goalies cannot put it together in games, and sometimes those game those gamer goalies cannot put it together in practice. And so I really need to see how well does this goalie make decisions? You know, today I just got off the ice for a two hour session before this and we had some shots with backdoor options. And I, I, I want, I always try to, and it sounds bad. Well, I guess that's not bad. So you're supposed to do, I try to let my boys fail before yeah, my, sure. I teach them. I, sh I should. And so like, again, like when I create drills, I just say like, we're coming across, we're in this situation, you have a backdoor, you have a backdoor shot or option. While they rebound, recover, step out, shot to score. And I want to see what they do. And if what they keep they do it right, we keep moving. If they do it wrong, okay, let's teach, let's talk about it. And a lot of it was, you know, I I purposely I find a lot of them have, like a lot of younger boys have trouble staying in control when they recover their feet off a slide. And so I was forcing them to slide back door with no shot and then recover on the angle to a shot or pass option. So now we're getting like pretty advanced and we're using this like about 15, 14 to 15 year old goalies. So a little bit in that mid range. And a lot of them, even my best goalies, one of the ones that's probably top three in the country and her age group, 
too aggressive, way too aggressive. And I could, then we got to go through it again. Like what, like what's most important angle square down. Okay. Do we, what do we need backwards momentum? Should we be set? And it's just going over it, but I want to see them fail before we correct it. Um, but I definitely think that that ability to process that is something that can, is, is learned and it's them being able to identify different situations and what do they mean? And so I have to let them fail. I have to let them get beat in the back door a bunch of times or beat on shots. And then I can slow it down and we can bring everyone in and say, let's talk about it. Does that make sense? What did I just say? Say it back to me, making sure that they're actually understanding. And I articul I want to make sure I articulated it well, ultimately. And I want to make sure that they're paying attention. But if they can say it back to me, then I know, okay, like I, then we don't have to keep doing it. But if they don't know that either I messed up or they weren't paying attention. So either way, we got to go through it again. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, and I think something that is, it's always a delicate balance when you're trying to teach people new things. I would think the 80, 20 rule or like success to failures. Um, and that's not like a hard line, hard path rule or anything, but yeah. And so I think what are the, the big, it's always a tough balance when you're trying to teach goalies and, and drill design and they're supposed to fail. Right. So like 80, 20 rule is something that I kind of subscribe to where 80 some of the time they should hopefully succeed in the correct way. 20% of the time, it's they should fail. They should do something wrong. They should have a hard time. They should try to figure out their solution. And that's not hard and fast, right? That can kind of bend either direction. Some days, goalies are just lights out, right? And you're like, wow, you're doing everything really well. And one thing that I'd like to really get as a coach, like on those days, I'll go in and tell them all the things you're doing really well, right? It's not just like, I'm not going to be like, I'm just like, not like, hey, good job. It's like, hey, you're doing an amazing job. Uh, being patient on their feet. You're going to do a really great spot uh, depth-wise. Not excellent. And so I'm not sure if you're thinking about that. I'm not going to realize that, but this position was great. Um, and I think that's important too. But the number one thing I think that is a challenge as a goalie coach, and I think that's a challenge for drill design for goalies, uh, even when they're trying to come up with their own stuff, is like, does it, like, again, like, does it have options? And like an option, for example, can be like just having a, a dynamic start. Right. So like, okay, the shooter's going to start in the high slot, this drill. Now the shooter's in the top of the circle. The shooter might change position while you're moving. And now you have to make sure you're high checking on the other slot. Like these are all really small, easy changes for goalies and goalie coaches who are doing drills to now just like, okay, now it's a more realistic drill. We've taken away some of that like linear part of it that they don't have. Any, right. There, you don't know where the pass is going. You just know that a pass could happen. Yeah. Right. And like that's the kind of stuff that I like to try to encourage. It is like even today, I was with some older goalies uh, who can move the puck a little bit. No, it's just me. So I had no shoot, but there's two goalies. And so, like, tell you one of our drills, which is I'm going to pass, I could pass or I can shoot, but the birds I'm going to pass to him towards the other goalie who can play the puck well enough. Yeah. And right. So, is this drill perfect? It's not. No, it's not a perfect drill. But does every time that goalie in the net have to come back to that post, they have to head check and find where I move to? They have to react to how fast their goalie partner is moving that pass. Right? Is that a slow pass? Can I take time to really find a red bit spot? Or is that going to be a really crisp hard spot? Like, I mean, you know, it's set earlier and then adjust it. Right? You need those moving parts. And that's something that I've changed a lot. And I've grown a lot with my drill design is, you know, I think we've all grew up on, okay, post out, now to the middle, now shot, follow rebound, back to the middle, shot in. There's still something there. That's like, that's not wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you're still doing a lot of good stuff. It's just really linear. And so, like, and you accomplish more is the thing, right? It's like, 
you know, that's still, a, it's still super good. There's nothing wrong. Holy coaches who do those bills, don't stop doing them. I definitely still do stuff like that. Can you improve it? Can you make it more dynamic? If you add some variability to it, which is really important for learning. And if you can, you should, right? I promise you, if you move five feet each, five feet one way each time, and the goal is to like be just where we come off the post, the crux of your drill hasn't changed. You've just added a really important learning variability for your goal. Yeah. And I'm definitely, definitely more of the mind. I, I, the more I coach and like the more I've been coaching, especially younger, younger goalies is less and less of that structure for me, or I combine it. So if, if I have a young goalie out who, or a goalie who technically isn't very sound and they need to fix that technical, like just, I guess their, their technical basis. Um, I don't know why that was such a challenge to get out, but anyways, uh, it, if I'm trying to focus on that, then I create drills with a lot of skating leading up to things. And they'll, I'll, I'll, that's when I'll add in a structure where it's post to post, out, butterfly, across to be set, make your save, follow your rebound, step back out. Now I can shoot or I can go back door. And the good news yeah, is, it's really is, wrong with that. Yeah. And show out Fox Forest Hockey Club because they leave for all, like all the time, 24 hours a day. They have different passports available different training apparatuses that you can use. So even if I just, just myself and a goalie is I have multiple passports and it gives me multiple pass options. Uh, I've ring J rigged a few things for screens that have actually worked really well. So I don't have to go and buy like, uh, like a screen board. And so we have those available so I can add in different things. And that's like, so it's, when it's just me, I find different tools. I, you know, it's something that do, they do is I sometimes like I worked with, so it have been like last week I was doing double flash screens. So, which is a lot of trust in the shooters. Cause I tell them like, don't kill each other, but you know, one guy's going to be a high flash. One guy's going to be a low flash. You can shoot at any time. You can shoot before, after, and please don't shoot during because you're going to hurt your other teammate. But I just want a little bit of visual distraction. Something that's a little bit like game, like where things are going in front of your eyes. What are your eyes doing? Are they, you know, how are those like inside? Like how that's that psychotic eye movement? Are they able to track from one thing to the other? Uh, are they able to balance? Um, balance from like vision, like puck to body, puck to body, or they keep it on the puck. And there's all different ways that you can do it. You could try to make it more realistic than just out, set, love shooting, low glove, make their stick safe, follow it. Like, yeah, you know, okay. Maybe do that for four or five, make sure the mechanics are good. Okay, I'm shooting either side low. Now, now they at least they know it's going low, so you're still working on making stick saves or whatever, but they don't know which side it's going to. So now there's less, less like, there's more challenge to it. This is like maybe, so all the goalies escape with, we're listening to this, plug your ears. But what I like to do a two shot drill, and I've been doing a lot of single shot drills like Jimmy, like I don't know what's been going on. I think we're in season, so it's just you know. Keeping it simple, focusing on on the details that are the most pertinent to what we need to do. But if I'm doing a, a two shot sequence where I want them to do, I just really and let's say for example, I really want them to make it butterfly steal. Like I want to see a six eight puck in the corner and a perfect. That would be the best part of the drill. What I always have, what I've started doing, they just say first shot I'm shoot, and you have to follow it. And then ninety percent of the time I just shoot low, right? But when I also Again, this is something that I really, really like. And it kind of goes back to one of the first ones you said. So I'm going to give myself the old pat on the back here. Um, but I like a, a two-shot drill where I say that if they're 
is no rebound on the first shot, the drills over. Mm. So you only get the second shot of the sequence if a true rebound exists and you have to follow it. I did that. that. Yeah. I did that. I did that today in my, when I mean, it's one yeah. nine o'clock. Now I did that in my seven o'clock lesson. And that, and I agree. And so actually when you were saying like, what do I, what am I doing? A lot of what I do is I'll say, these are two separate shots. Yep. Make your first save, follow your rebound. If the rebound's tight, play it out. If it's far away, follow it, make your right decision on whether you stay down or get up. And then I also say, take your time getting reset on the next shot. And because um, too many goalies just, I think like a lot of it comes to like that idea that sometimes like we, I think we were guilty of it in the past. I think we've grown away from it. It's like everything needs to be fast, 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 fast. Go, 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 go. And it's just like, just it honestly, like I get so many goals. It's just a sloppy mess. And yeah, it's bad. Two faces are so bad. It's bad. And I always say like, look, you're a good skater. You're fast. Like I don't lose that. But you have to be able to know when to be fast, you know, when to be in control. And, you know, you're giving up a lot of goals because you're just trying to do too much, man. Like just relax, just relax. Focus on each shot. Take your time between shots. Reset, reset your brain, reset your body, and then go. And I think there's like I think right in the main that there's something that we can pull from. So like I've also coached weight like Olympic weightlifting, or weightlifting is the name of this sport that's in the Olympic. Um, and one of the big things that is discussed there with speed and like being quick is that is speed is the efficient transition through transitions. And I really like that in goaltending too. Like a quick goalie, or again, a goalie who's fast is someone who efficiently gets from A to B. Mm-hmm. Not the fastest they can possibly get from A to B, but efficiently gets the data beam and gets to the right spot. They're getting square, they're getting on their angle. They're correct balance, they're not falling forwards or backwards, right? That's all much more valuable than just physically getting to the next spot as fast as possible. Agree. Right? And you said it earlier, I think it's a big thing. We see a lot with, with the goalies who pop up too early, like a rebound's close and they're just on their feet all And it's like, you don't. Justice is so crazy. Yeah. And I we, we've said this before now and a bunch of times, but there's a couple of goalies in the NHL who were excellent at just making a save and sitting there out watching. I still think, they, again, funny enough, former goalie partners, but both Jake Ottinger and Joseph Wall do that really well, where it's just the save. They just don't move until they see puck, until they've made that you know, decision on where it is, right? And I think that's a really valuable skill. That's actually something um, from an evaluation standpoint I've been looking a lot more at is what is the processing after a save. It's not just like, where's the rebound going? It's okay, how are they finding the puck off themselves, off the body, and what decision-making is going on there? And like I said, I think that's why, but it comes back to drill design. We need to design drills, and goalie coaches going to do drills, and goal coaches design drills, and Heck, team coaches need to be able to drill that are better around realistic yeah. force decision making around right? Yeah. Like I think, I, I think stuff's too artificial, right? Like I love an in-type battle drill where it's live rebound. All right. Like, hey, we're gonna, you know, it's gonna be you're gonna start at point A, we're gonna simulate a shot, and then we're gonna play the we're gonna go push for the second pop. We're gonna simulate like a, a loose pop, you go and find it. But the minute you make that first save, that puck's locked. So it was in the corner, you're in the back of your post on your feet. If it's tight to the net, you're in your post and you have post position, right? Like actually make proper decisions at a high speed level, right? That's because that's yeah. when you start seeing mistakes come out. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. And so like I, I, yeah. And if you're one of my goalies listening to this or your future, your goalie is going to skate with me at some point, like I, I, there is a method to the madness of everything I do. I said that before, like, 
when I think of a drill design, I'm very, very intentional. And there are a lot of times where, and if you you follow, I guess let's talk about plug, we follow their Patreon when I post a lot of my training sessions. Um, I sometimes just scrap a drill halfway through and they go, I just, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like what I don't like this one. This is a bad drill. And I'll go in and I'll just change it or tweak it slightly. But there's, there's many times I would say at least once a week, you know, if I coach 10 to 15 plus hours a week, uh, I definitely at least once or twice a week, I just scrap a drill and I go, this, this drill sucks. This is a bad drill. drill. Yeah. And let's, let's fix this. Yeah. And it can be, it can be multiple things, right? Like, uh, we talked about the, you know, the 80, 20 success failure thing in the science world. There's something called a challenge point framework. And, and what that basically says in skill acquisition is that there, you know, if a drill is too easy, you don't really get anything from it. Now for goalies, maybe it's just a confidence thing. Maybe the drill is intentionally easy. And we do that because we just want to make saves a warm up drill. It might be too easy, but the goal is not learning. Right. But this framework also says there's drills that are just way too hard right? They're failing too much. You're not doing it. Um, and we want to find that zone, right? Right. Like as coaches, our job is to try and make a drill. Like you have to figure this out. There is a sense of learning. There is a sense of creativity in your problem solving is that's what a good goalie is. A good goalie is someone who can problem solve exceptional seeds and make the right decisions on the problem with the information. Right. But yeah, I'm with you right there. There's definitely times where I've done drills where I looked at this and I was like, oh, this is way too hard. And it might not be a drill that's too hard for the same goalie next week. But like today, that is too hard. And we're not going to get enough learning. We're going to get too much frustration. Uh, and I've been guilty of letting drills stick out. For that Me too. Yeah. I think, yeah. Like, and so I mentioned this briefly, but there's the, the fourth part of uh, like representative design is, is emotional and pressure. Um, and we can't really simulate emotion, but we can simulate lots of and so like, um, sometimes I'll do drills. I'm really picky with my goalies out work. That's probably the thing they'll pick use with because a uh, bad RBH seal leads to a bad goal and never blame here. So let's not miss the seal. <laughs> but there's times where we're like, all right, this shoulder disturb outside. You're going to seal into your boats and you RBH and then go post post. That's the drill. And then we're going to battle up either a net drive or a quick pass out. But if you miss your post seal on either of those first two posts, you can restart. Yeah. Oh yeah. And there's okay. been a day. Yeah, and there's been days where it's like, you know, we're getting like four reps in and like at the minute, bang. So I'm just like, nope, missed, nope, missed. Yeah. And sometimes that's too much. Like hand up, that's on me. I've been guilty of that before. But like, but at the same time, there, like we, there is a healthy balance, especially at older goalies and older higher skill levels, where it's like, if you're just letting stuff lie, you're just, you're part of the habit process, right? Absolutely. Uh, I do that a lot. Uh, sometimes I find even sometimes it gets to the point where goalies will want to be so perfect that when they miss it, that they stop the drill themselves. And then eventually there comes a point where I say, look, you're going to miss it in games too. So you got to yeah. figure it the heck out. And so it's, it's that finding that balance between a balance. Being, being just really like perfectionist with it, but also understanding that. And you have to also be able to get out of it. So you miss your toe lock. Okay. Figure it out. What what next? Like figure figure it the app out is usually what I say. Unless you and they're older, and I can swear at them. Uh, and then uh, this is a no strong language. Yes, this is a no strong language podcast. Um, yeah, it's it's just like having attention to to the drill design, making sure that it works into something. And often what I'll do is 
you know, I, I usually ask my boys, what do you want to work on? And then they always have, hey, which drives me crazy. Um, so you do it you always so the or podcast I'm like, I'm like oh my gosh I'm like, I have to go back and listen to the episode I'm not I don't want to go, go back and listen to our episode on, on yeah so I'm like ah yeah probably not today um and then what uh then what I'll do is I'll do my drill and I'll see where the problems arise and then I'll make the follow-up drill tailored towards that or I'll tailor it towards something where I know I'm gonna have a huge lesson so I had a lesson with a guy actually this morning and he was, he actually, he was using the H's and like, and I was like, cool. Like, okay, okay. This, I was like, this is different. Like good for, and then, and then immediately I was like, okay, why? And then it came back to like his goalie coach said he was small, so we should never use RVHs. And I was like, well, that's not necessarily true. Like let's understand the situation. Yeah. You're, you're smaller, but what does that mean? That means we just have to be really, really intentional. We have to be really good with decision-making, really good in save execution. And uh, you know, if they get tight, maybe that means your hands have to be a little bit more active than than passive. And so, like for me, and then it just turned into like a good 20, 20 minute conversation about like, okay, like how do we tweak this? How do we adjust it your way? I like the VH if you're comfortable with it, great. But you know, your po- your pad is slightly on the inside of the post, and that's no way you're gonna get knocked off. So if we're gonna use the VH, we gotta do it right. And so that's like, and then so like immediately I saw that like a one passive rep. When he was just playing on a rebound on like a lateral release drill. And I was like, that's weird. So I made the next drill. I made the next drill like a like a low post drive. And then it created this whole can of worms. But he he got something out of it and now we know what to work on. So it's that's usually how the the flow of skate with the goes. Yeah, and I think that leads me to my last science um thought process here is that there's something as a goal, this is for goalies, goalies, coaches, parents, everything. There's something to be said about what we call a conditions-based approach, right? So, like, you have options on your post. Like, there's nothing inherently wrong with using a BH. You can use it effectively in a lot of situations. There's times to use it. Um, not, I would say, a lot of time, but there's times, right? But that's something to be said where, like, there shouldn't be a hard and fast rule unless in a really good reason, right? Because ultimately, the condition is we want the goalie to make short side saves on the post. That's the condition. It's not make RBH saves. It's yeah. make short side post saves, make short side post reads. <laughs> and so that needs to be part of design. That needs to be part of teaching and coaching. It's not about you need to do it this way. It's in this situation. Again, what are your options? What one you use? And what are you comfortable So I think that's worth saying. I'm not anti BH. I love a good chill for a while, for a little bit. I always like to post it on Instagram when I see one in the NHL. I'm like, hey, to bh yeah okay. i i you know the vh and the rvh serve essentially the same purpose i'm way more rvh just because you have a lot more mobility out of the post from that position you get this you're in the net the, the bh yeah. you are by definition a part of, out of the net it just like yeah it's like i think i i'm getting more to the line of like okay bh is good if there is a net drive and a D-man is cutting side hand. Yeah, the D-man's cutting off the ability to cut towards the middle, and you're transitioning kind of like from an overlap, but you don't want to get caught out. So like, there there are conditions to it. That's exactly exactly what you said. So like, t- very rarely it's like, if it's going to be an RVH lesson, then I make sure that that puck ends up in the golden triangle. Start mm-hmm. so that they have to use the RVH, and then we explain what is the golden triangle to say this is a this is a rough rule. 
you don't have to follow it, but this is, this is why we, why I like it. This is why I created it. And here, here we go. And then make a decision from there. But if I was, if I was just doing like a, like a, a low drive from behind the goal line, mm-hmm. I, I don't expect them to, I don't expect them to go in the RVH. I expect you to make nope. that read, you know, if you want to go to the RVH, okay, be good at it. If you want to, you know, do it on your feet. Okay. Be good at it. Because if you're not, we're going to fix it. Yeah. And I think that really brings it all together, Jamie, because one of the most important things I find is that if you want to be good at something, you should start by subscribing to Jamie Phelps on Patreon, where you can get the most up-to-date, goal-setting, and educational content, uh, all the behind-the-scenes extras that you don't get from Jamie's YouTube and his and the podcast. Uh, so if you're interested in learning more, being involved in some of Jamie's extra stuff, go check out Jamie Phillips on Patreon. As always, thank you so much, everyone, for listening this week. Uh, thank you, everyone who gives a rating, wherever you're at. We always appreciate it. We keep saying it. I actually don't even know. I'm just like, I'm so social media brainwashed that it's like, it, it helps, probably. I think it does. It, I think just sharing it, and the thing is, too, is like a lot of people, like one of the boys I skated with Saturday, uh, he, his mom listens to the podcast and that's how they found out. And so for, so that's awesome. Like, I just want people to listen and hopefully make good informed decisions and like, you know, be able to have conversations. If you're not a hockey, if you're not a goalie, like you're a goalie parent, but you didn't play, you don't know the details. Hopefully this stirs up conversations that you can have with your goalie coach that you were at. And be like, hey, can you explain this to me or explain why? Or I heard of this and then just creates it. But uh, thanks for the free shout out with Patreon. Actually, there is a cool new thing I am doing. Uh, it's going to be called Coach's Eye Training Sessions. So I'll leave it at that. Uh, it's a lot of work for me to do it. So hopefully for those that are subscribed and those that are going to be subscribed, hopefully like it provide some feedback so I can tweak and make it as best whether I can. But this is pretty cool. I don't know if anyone's really doing it. And I know is I'm not wearing a GoPro on my head because that's how you would that's like that's so bad of a note. But I'm know what opto bad would know what optokinetic like training is. That's what you do with P patients are like recovering from like vertigo or like triple PD. You'd you'd bomb it. So that's not that, but it's kinda it's it's kinda cool and I'm I'm I am a little jazzed about it. Uh, even though it does take a long time for me to do. And that's why I would you follow you. But, all right, one last thing before I go. Uh, this was the practice design, the drill design episode. I like to put this out there. You are a coach of a team, uh, not a goalie coach or a goalie coach, and you are that coach too. If you're a coach of the team and you're wondering why I would like to get my goalies more involved in my team practice, please reach out. I'm happy to always have a conversation with people. Uh, I think the biggest fear people have is that they will design drills that, or well, most drills are not designed for goalies. Um, and then we automatically think that a drill is on for a goalie won't be designed for a team, but that's not true. There's lots and lots and lots of stuff we can do. Uh, it's part of the work that I do, and I'm always happy to talk to people about it because Jamie is tired of listening to me about it. So just talk to about there are no coaches. And again, if you're a coach who has a goalie coach remote and you're not entirely sure what stuff you can do with your team without a goalie, I'm also little for that one too. So that's my plug on just trying to promote better practice design and better drill design. Jamie, we did. We did. Uh, we didn't have a good shot, bad goal today because we didn't. No, we didn't prep. That's on us. So what I'm going to do is <laughs> watch. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to put 
two clips of two of my goalies today. One of them where he goes, tries to go to play the pockets, the stanchions, and shoots out to the middle, and he does make a pretty good diving save. The other one is just of that delayed penalty, dives head first into the board. Oh, Bill, we're the bench. So I saw that too. Shout out, uh, shout out Owen and Tano. They're going to get a little bit of face time at the end of the pod. So instead of good, sh- good shot, bad goal, you get to watch two of my goalies be clouds. And that's what we love about them all. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And Jamie, until next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.